The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. It is Wednesday, November 29th. I am Steven Serta. Kansas City Chiefs are prepping for a Sunday night football matchup against the 5-6 Green Bay Packers coming up this week as they look to keep the uh, as they look to stay in the win column after a big win over the Las Vegas Raiders in week 12. So let me welcome in the leader of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney. Uh Sween. We've got a game to preview and and plenty of things to talk about with the Kansas City Chiefs. But I guess where we have to start is the fact that uh, Tyreek Hill just won't stop running his mouth about how much better this Dolphins organization is and how much better the team is than the Kansas City Chiefs team that he won a Super Bowl with. Pete, I don't really understand why he continues to do these things totally unprompted. Well, I, I think he likes a headline and I think he enjoys rattling people. And I think he likes social media. The latest is that this current Dolphins team might be better than the championship team uh, that he won a title with, which was the 19 team. Now that being said, any kind of athlete that we cover here, usually when your team loses to the team you've been talking about, you kind of go into the shadows for a little bit. I know that, it's impossible for the 19 Chiefs to play the 23 Dolphins, but you still just lost a couple weeks ago to the organization. And by the way, like you cost your team the game. Uh, if, if that defensive play doesn't happen, that goes all the way back for a touchdown. Who knows how that game plays out? So uh, it's curious um, what, what he has earned for better or for worse is the title of the best wide receiver in the league, if not one of the best. So, uh, even when it comes off as nonsense, it's going to make headlines, and uh, it did again on Tuesday. And where where was this at? Was this like on NFL Network where he was saying CBS Sports? It looked like yeah. If I were the studio analyst when he is saying this, I'd have been like, "Oh, uh, so what good teams have you guys beaten this year?" Because <laughs> I, I understand that all of a sudden this AFC playoff picture, where it looked like a few weeks ago the Chiefs were really going to run away with this thing, now there's. The Ravens atop atop the AFC at nine and three. The Jags are also eight and three, and the Dolphins are eight and three. But the Dolphins have not beaten anyone. Like at least Jacksonville has got a couple of strong wins on their resume. Baltimore's got some strong wins on their resume. Like I understand some of this is showmanship, and this is kind of Tyreek Hill. But like their wins are the Tex or no, that was that was the preseason. They beat the Chargers. 
the Patriots, the Broncos, the Giants, the Panthers, the Patriots again, the Raiders, and the Jets. They have lost to the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Jaguars. So every opponent they've had this season that is considered like an AFC playoff team they have been dismantled by like they, and they have been beaten pretty convincingly by like, I think the dolphins are fun. They're a playoff team. They're going to be in the mix and they're a fun team to watch, but let's dial it back Tyree. Yeah. What did you just describe? It's, it's, it's not wild card danger because you might get one of those teams in the wild card. It's divisional round danger. They have not beaten a team that would be good enough in your eyes to go to the semifinals and in the AFC. Right. That's that's where they need to prove themselves. And so, yeah, it, it, it hasn't really been earned his ability to say that, but it hasn't stopped him from saying that. No. And he is having an incredible season. Uh, I, I hope he does actually break the receiving record and gets 2000 yards, because that's something I'd like to see. That's a that's a cool landmark that we don't see very often. So I am actually rooting for him to do that, even though he keeps uh, talking trash on his former organization that got him a Super Bowl ring. But We've got uh, a lot of things to dive into ahead of this Chiefs Sunday night football matchup against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, we'll hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes later on this afternoon. We should get our first updated injury report after the Chiefs Week 12 win over the Raiders. So be on the lookout for all that stuff at arrowheadpride.com later on this afternoon. Uh, but I, I think where I want to start and, you know, we McCole Hardman went to IR last week ahead of that Raiders game. He announced uh, yesterday that he did have successful surgery on that thumb injury. Um, so it sounds like he's going to be out for a while and may, maybe even possible like Chiefs might not have him available again until the postseason or something like that. We're still waiting uh, on Nick Bolton, who Andy Reid kind of said is like progressing, but still expected to be a, a lengthy return schedule for the Chiefs to have him available. So he could be kind of like a late season to postseason addition too, as well for the Kansas City Chiefs. Them being shorthanded right now isn't the worst thing in the world, as we saw against the Raiders, where it, they're finally expanding the role of some of these other young players and giving them opportunities, and it worked in their favor. So as long as that continues to go, the Chiefs should be totally fine without McCall Hardman and Nick Bolton, and then hopefully they get to add them back to the roster later in the year as uh, another just playoff boost for this team that's hopeful to win another Super Bowl. Yeah, you get two additions probably late in the season on uh, both sides of the ball. That's why that Nicole Hardman opted to have the surgery, and it sounds like it, it went all right. Uh, it was a sprained thumb. That's not a season-ending injury, and I think there's still enough time to that maybe to make an impact late in the year in the postseason. And Nick Bolton seems like he's been itching uh, to get back on the field. That's what Andy Reid indicated on his Monday uh, press conference. And so we'll see both of these guys likely toward the end of the year. Uh, and then in the postseason, I'll be monitoring whether we see Nick Bolton out there today. Andy Reid was kind of hinting that it could be this week or next week that Bolton returns to practice. There's still that three-week window once he does to get him reacclimated. And, and the Chiefs usually wait until week two um, at the very least. So I, I don't think Bolton's return is happening on Sunday night, but uh, good to hear that he could be back in the mix soon. And then I, I think you expect McCole Hardman after four games, maybe to be in a position to come back. Yeah. And you know, we, we talk about that playoff push and now it, it's getting to the time of the year where we can really look ahead and we can really project those kinds of things. And, you know, you start thinking about that Eagles game that, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, it isn't the, the biggest loss of the season because it's an NFC loss. It, it's a non-conference loss. 
But right now, the Baltimore Ravens are sitting atop the AFC. They do have a very tough schedule moving forward. And the Chiefs schedule, despite the fact that it looks really tough at the start of the year, like that that second half schedule, it has really opened up for them. Um, you know, the Buffalo Bills, while I still think they're a good team, they are certainly floundering right now. It's six and six. And Currently, the the 10 seed uh, in the AFC playoff picture. So they've got a lot of ground to make up. So that's going to be a huge contest for the Chiefs here in a couple of weeks. And then we know that Cincinnati Bengals game, obviously just not going to have the same kind of juice without Joe Burrow in it. So this thing is really shaping up nice, Pete, for the Chiefs to try to run the table if they can build off of that performance against the Raiders. And if we can continue to see that kind of offensive performance where you can actually rely on them to to move the ball and, and get in the end zone as opposed to what we had seen in the previous three games on top of the fact that they have an elite defense but they do still have to do some work to make sure that they lock up that number one seed in the AFC and get that first round by yeah I think it's as simple as like look what no turnovers and look what no penalties can do for you when you're playing an inferior team it makes it uninteresting um, and I know that the Chiefs had a slow start but they got control of that game, and there really wasn't a question, you know, as you went there. And I just think that against these inferior teams, if they do the same, I mean, more times than not, the Chiefs are going to have more points at the end of the game. And so against those teams, to me, it's it's just playing clean football. Uh, they're a, a more of a well-oiled machine than all these teams, these teams that are teetering along the playoffs. And then I, I think the one game that sticks out still is going to be a desperation Buffalo Bills team. I mean, th- this is a team that's battling back. They went to overtime with the Eagles, couldn't get it done. But they need to win each and every week. And I've mentioned this before. Uh, the Bills don't have the benefit of tiebreakers. And so we had talked about them and, and where they were at. And I, I had mentioned that they need to go 5-2. and two. They won one of those games and lost the other. So now that equates to still going 4-1. and one. So the Chiefs could be in a position to essentially knock the Buffalo Bills out of the mix by the time they go. Um, and I, I know that they're going to relish that opportunity. It, it's tough. It's a tough road for, for Buffalo. They made, made they, they made their bed themselves. Um, and so that's really the only game that sticks out uh, against Kansas City where even if they were to play their best, I think there's a, a Sunday in which the Bills could play better and, and win. But other than that, uh, again, clean football, uh, turnover list football, penalty list football, and, and you should be looking at another AFC bye week. I, I know – Something that's been going on, and, and I, it's been annoying to, to some fans that, that have indicated to me on, on X, is uh, this idea that Baltimore has the first seed at the bye week. They only have the first seed because they've played more games. If the Chiefs win on Sunday night without, without Baltimore playing. Uh, they would still be in position if they won out to get that bye week. Yeah, and Baltimore on bye this week. The Bills also on bye this week. So the Bills will be rested up before they take on the Kansas City Chiefs next week uh, at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, before we dive into the game a little bit here, Pete, I just want to mention the Chiefs also elevated cornerback uh, Echo Boydo to the active roster. That was somebody that we talked about a lot during training camp, a local product that they seem to really like. And I think we thought he had a chance of making the 53-man roster early on coming out of training camp, especially after Nazee Johnson went down for the year. Uh, but he, he didn't. It's been on the practice squad, but nice to see him get the elevation here uh, midway through the season. And if he can find a way to stick on the roster for the rest of the way, that would be something that I think is really big for uh, an undrafted player like him. Yeah, it should should be huge um, if he can stick. Uh, you know, I think it's probably brought in for 
uh, special teams right now. Um, will be interesting to see how he is utilized. Chiefs just had an extra spot, so they didn't have to make any kind of move to to get him on the roster. Should have more information probably on that on on Thursday when we get Steve Spagnuolo and Dave Tobe and they discussed him. I know that this is a a player that the Chiefs liked during training camp. Uh, really pushed to make the active roster. I think on some projections around, you know, Chiefs media, people thought that he might make the team. Wasn't able to do it. Sick with the practice squad at nine preseason tackles. Really um, good kid. Uh, played high school football in Lawrence. Uh, decided to to leave Lawrence and go to K State, but a local product, probably a, a Chiefs venue. To assume growing up, and so now uh, he gets a, a chance to to wear the the jersey as a member of the three man roster. So it's a really good story. I wouldn't. Um, anticipate him to be much in on defense but uh, that being said you never know what happens with injuries we've seen injuries happen year by year and sometimes that's how you make your own opportunity and before we get out of here diving into this sunday night football matchup a little bit against the green bay packers and you know i I don't expect that chiefs fans have paid particularly close attention to this packers team this year they are by far the youngest team in the nfl uh, going through a lot of growing pains early on, but they have really been playing well recently. And so this isn't a team that should be overlooked by the Kansas City Chiefs. This isn't a team that should be overlooked by Chiefs fans because they do have some young pieces there. And uh, quarterback Jordan Love, after struggling early in the season, has really seemed to find some footing here recently. The Packers are winners at three and four, uh, three out of four now, and. They're still sitting at five and six, but in the NFC that is very top heavy, they are firmly in the playoff mix. So the Packers have a lot to play for this Sunday night and it's at Lambeau field. They can make a statement after having a huge statement win over the Detroit lions on Thanksgiving. And this is actually like a, a matchup. That's got a little bit more juice than I think people would have realized a few weeks ago. Well, I think it came back to us. It's a very young Packers team. Uh, and, and you were unsure about the quarterback, uh, you know, a couple of weeks back and, and, you know, as it turned out, the Packers were probably the biggest surprise of Thanksgiving, uh, just the way that they played and they were able to dominate a Lions team. A lot of people like to maybe make noise in the NFC playoffs. And so, uh, it leads to Sunday night. You know, you, you got to feel like Green Bay has some confidence. Um, again, coming off that win, uh, this is it's almost like sometimes you can have a, an upset in the NFL and people have that like fluke question. And then you almost have to prove it again. that Like, oh, no, we are legitimate contenders here. And so that's what the Packers be trying to do. Still think the Chiefs are way better. Team. They're way more experienced at this stage, even with some of their young younger players on, on offense. And so same thing I was kind of saying. Regardless of any kind of juice that the Packers might have, I you know I just feel like if the Chiefs play clean football, even in, on a road in a really tough environment, Green Bay on Sunday night's a tough tough place to play. Um, you know I still like Kansas City uh, in this one, but it is certainly more interesting uh, than it was a couple weeks ago, and that makes our job a little bit more fun, Steve. Yeah, and the Green Bay Packers had several injuries in that Detroit Lions game too, so they weren't even necessarily at full strength, and and they pull off that big upset win on Thanksgiving. So they're an interesting team uh, with some pieces that I think Packers fans should really feel good about moving forward. The Chiefs right now, I think they opened as six-and-a-half-point favorites. Right now it's down to six points, so moving a little bit, but I, I still think at the end of the day, as I mentioned, like, this Packers team is the youngest in the NFL and it's the youngest in the NFL by far. So just you, you would have to think the chiefs just being who they are being super bowl champions, having the veteran presences that they do, even though they've got a young defense, like 
this is a game that they should obviously win, but I don't think Chiefs fans should sleep on the Green Bay Packers because Matt LaFleur has done a really fantastic job building up that team and kind of getting them to this position where halfway through the year they are still in the playoff race. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I still think that, um, like, you have to play. It's not a team that like, you're, you're so much better than, like, you, you say you had um, a Chicago Bears pop up or a Carolina Panthers. Um, I do think the Chiefs are the, are the better team, but uh, not something, not somebody that you want to take lightly. Like, I, I think the Packers feel like they can get something going here and, um, you know, find their way into the playoffs, and then you never know, right? Like, we've seen wildcard teams go really far in, in this league, and so they're playing for a lot. Uh, on Sunday night, their margin, like Buffalo, is a little bit uh, lower than than others right now, and so you'll you'll get the the best shot from the Packers, and we'll see if the Chiefs can can handle their business on the road. We'll have everything you need to know at ArrowheadPride.com. As always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. As I already mentioned, we'll have the updated injury reports for you later on this afternoon, so make sure you're on the lookout for that. Uh, Green Bay, especially, possibly getting some guys back this week who were out last week, so... That's definitely something to keep an eye on as we move forward. I also want to let you guys know there's not going to be a great British Chiefs show this week. Brad and Tom had to take the week off. Luckily, I will be chatting about this very Green Bay Packers team with our friend from Acme Packing Co. Justice Mosqueda later on this afternoon. So be on the lookout for that on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. You can follow Pete on Twitter at PG Sweeney. I'm Steven Sertz, where you can find me. We will be back tomorrow morning with another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premier. It's obviously an exciting time as the Chiefs enter this season, looking to become the first back-to-back Super Bowl champs in nearly 20 years. Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas. Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after each game to unpack exactly what happened. In the offseason, the party won't stop. We'll still be covering the biggest stories and all the offseason's twists and turns will show up in your inbox on a regular basis. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.